Happy Easter. So as you might not know, today is still Easter. Today is the last day of the octave of Easter. Uh, we as Catholics believe that Easter is such uh, a brilliant, amazing feast that it can't be contained by one day. And so the, the radiance of Christ's resurrection spreads to eight full days. And so today, in a, in a certain sense, for Catholics, today is Easter Sunday. It's also Divine Mercy Sunday, and that's going to be kind of our, our main theme today. So one of the biggest questions we all get as Catholics, there's kind of two parts we're going to do today. First one's going to be more practical. The second piece, we're going to talk a little bit deeper theology. So aren't you lucky? Two homilies in one, just like every Sunday. <laughs> One of the questions we all get as Catholics is about going to confession with a priest. Everybody's nervous about it at some point in their life. A lot of Catholics are nervous about it for most of their life. And I hope you heard our gospel today. People ask all the time, well, how can we go to a priest for confession? And our gospel today, Jesus gives the authority to forgive sins to the first priests of the church, the apostles. John chapter 20, verse 20. That's an easy verse to remember, 2020. John 2020, Jesus breathes on them. This is after the resurrection. And there's only two times in all of Scripture where Jesus, where, where God breathes on someone. The first is right here. The other time is when God breathes life into Adam. Those are the only times in all of Scripture that God breathes on someone. So in John 20, 20, Jesus breathes on the 12 apostles, so the 11, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the word for breath in Hebrew is ruah, and it also means spirit. And so Jesus literally gives the Holy Spirit here as he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you retain are retained. Right there, he gives the authority to do that. And so at the beginning of creation, God breathes life into Adam. And here in the moment of resurrection, Jesus breathes new life into his church through the forgiveness of sins and through his mercy. Beautiful, beautiful passage. So yesterday, I had a wedding. And it was kind of nice because almost, it almost never happens that I get to celebrate weddings where I just get to go and I still sit up there because it would freak you out if I was like sitting like next to you guys. You'd be like, hey, Father Brian, what's up? You'd be like, don't talk to me. Anyway, we were up there and we were, we were at St. Thomas More. And my good friend, Father Mike, his sister got married. And so he flew in from Rome and he said the wedding mass and it was beautiful and it was great just to kind of watch. So we went through the wedding, but at the end of the wedding, it, when we uh, finished and confessions were starting at St. Thomas More. And there are these big lines. And uh, as we're walking out, I saw about five Lord's parishioners. And I was like, busted! <laughs> I didn't say that. But you could tell they were like, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. It's Father Brian. What are we going to do? <laughs> you know, it was so funny. And what I wanted to say to them, though, was, Praise God, I don't care where you go to confession. I don't. As long as you go. 
That's what matters. It doesn't matter where you go. You can go anywhere. Priests all know this. We know like when a, a pastor sometimes will announce when they're leaving town so everyone can go to confession. They're like, okay, Father Brian's gone. We can go now. That's fine. It doesn't bother me as long as you go. In RCIA, every year, there are ha it's always an interesting dynamic. A lot of the people in RCIA are like, I will only ever go to Father Brian. And then the rest of RCIA is like you. I will go to anyone except Father Brian. I will never go to him to the day I die. That's okay. But brothers and sisters, the sacrament day of confession is that moment of tremendous mercy. And the, the tragedy is not if you go to a different priest. The tragedy is if you don't go, it's foolish. It's so foolish if you and I don't go. And so many of us, right, the good news today, brothers and sisters, we have such a fear about our sins. I had someone at Lourdes come visit me, I don't know, six months ago or a year. And this person came and met with me and they said, everyone at Lourdes is perfect and I feel like I don't belong. And I was like, come sit in the confessional with me. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But we do that. We think everyone else is perfect. They all have their lives together. And we can see how God's mercy can be for others, but not for us. And brothers and sisters, I have good news for you today from our responsorial song. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. In Psalm 118, the author of that psalm calls all of Israel from head to toe to praise God with joyful hearts, because his mercy endures forever forever. Now you and I aren't like that. And isn't it good news that God's not like us? One of my favorite stories, I've told it before, but Father Garansky has that great story where he has a Jewish friend, and there's a famous story he always told to, in the seminary where at a synagogue on Yom Kippur, now Yom Kippur is the Jewish Day of Atonement, and what modern Jews do on the Day of Atonement is they go around to every person in the church and they ask for forgiveness from each person in the church. It's really beautiful. And they all forgive each other. But in the synagogue, and Father Gronsky grew up um, in Jersey, and there was a famous story where everyone knew these two elderly women in, the, in that synagogue had this bitter feud with each other. And so everyone's watching to see if these two women will actually forgive each other. And finally, you know, the moment comes and, and they go to each other and it, and it actually happens. They, they go to each other and they say, you know, I forgive you. And the, the second woman says, yes, I forgive you, but God will not. <laughs> I love that story. But the good news is it's the opposite of that. You and I are that way. I'm that way. Sometimes people hurt me and I'm like, I can forgive you. You hurt me a couple times, I can forgive you. And the, if it keeps happening, it gets harder and harder. And my forgiveness runs short. 
But brothers and sisters, give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. God is not like me, and he is not like you. In Isaiah 55, God says, My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so too are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your This one's on, right? Okay. I'll try not to take that as a hint, Matt. <laughs> but give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Brothers and sisters, that is the good news today, right? God is not like us. He does not hold grudges. It goes forever. The great tragedy, brothers and sisters, right, is if you think your sin is so bad, it can't be forgiven, or you're nervous about what the priest thinks. Brothers and sisters, the confessional is not about me. It's not about me. It's not about the priest you're with. That's not what it's about. And so many of us, we get nervous going to confession because we're worried about what the priest thinks. It's not about me. It's not about any other priest. It is about the mercy of Jesus Christ and give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. One more line on this first part. I just want to make you a promise. I do the same thing, at least I did it last year. I can't speak for other priests. But some, of, some people out there have had bad experiences in the confessional. And I will make you a promise. Unless, if you come to confession and unless you blaspheme God or do something insanely inappropriate in the confessional, my promise to you is I will never shame you, ever. I will never belittle you. I will never, ever be angry with you. And I promise you that. If you've been away from the confessional, brothers and sisters, it's so foolish. It's the place that Jesus gave us for mercy. It's the best place ever. One last story about that this morning. My, when I think of Catholics who don't go, it just it kind of boggles my mind, but it reminds me of when I was a, a sophomore in college at that institution of Catholic higher education called the University of Colorado, the, um, I know, <laughs> cheap laugh. But when I was there, my friends in my Bible study, there was this girl who was kind of flirtatious with me. And she was beautiful. And they, what, and they asked me, they said, they were like, Brian, what's, who's this girl we, we've heard you talk about? And I was like, yeah, you know, she's just, she's absolutely gorgeous. She's, she's a really strong Catholic. Um, she seems really fun, great personality. I'm not interested, right? Crazy, right? That's why I'm a priest. But crazy. That's, that's like us when we don't go to confession. It's like everything I've ever wanted in a girl, everything I've ever wanted in a spouse, 
and more. Eh, not interested. Crazy. Brothers and sisters, the mercy of God awaits you in the confessional. Okay. Second point today is a little deeper theologically. Also, when I was at the at CU in Boulder, I remember taking one of my core classes, and there was a professor who was from Eastern Europe. I forget which country she was from. But she was clearly an ex-Catholic. And I was one of those really obnoxious, overzealous Catholics who wore my faith on my sleeve, and I don't know. There were good parts to it, but there, there were obnoxious parts. But she knew that I was a Catholic. And she actually pulled me aside at one point and wanted to talk to me about her biggest frustration with the Catholic Church. And I don't know if you've had that, but you, you kind of never know what you're going to get. You're like, all right, what is it this time? You know. And her biggest frustration was confession. And I knew John 2020, and I thought, okay, she's going to ask, how can a priest forgive sins? And I'm like, I've got my Bible verse. I can tell her. It's John 2020. But that wasn't her question. Her problem was not the, the, the forgiveness of sins. The problem that she had was she thought Catholics think they can just go out and commit sins and then they just go to the confessional and everything's fine. And she clearly had very deep wounds from her past. And I, you know, I was like 19 at the time and so I really didn't have a good answer for her. But in the next 25 minutes, I have one for you. No, just kidding. <laughs> we're going to try to do this in the next, like, three to five. Here we go. Say a prayer for me that that happens. Brothers and sisters, God, the question is about justice. A lot of you, a lot of personality types, they really worry about justice. They have a love for justice, and that's a good thing. Justice means giving other people what they deserve. It's a virtue. It's a good thing. God has infinite justice. And justice is about making the world the way it's supposed to be. It's about setting things right. It's about when, when bad things happen, it's about making them right. That's what justice is. And you and I should deeply care about justice. But how does that square with mercy? Now, usually the way I think of it is like, well, it's easy, right? God has mercy on me and justice on others, right? That's how it works. No, here's what it is. God's mercy and his justice. The Catholic Church, brothers and sisters, you and I have too cheap of a vision of mercy. We think mercy just means getting something we didn't deserve in a good way. And that is true, but it goes beyond that. It's greater than that. It's better news than that. It's not just that, you know, I was thinking this morning of if you went into a room of really successful people and all of them had done incredible things in their life and they were intelligent and had worked hard and had great accomplishments and you got in because you won the lottery, you would feel like you didn't belong. Mercy and justice of God, they work hand in hand. Mercy goes beyond, but they work to make us everything we're supposed to be and more. So C.S. Lewis has this wonderful quote. So hang with me. Here's C.S. Lewis, not a Catholic, defending purgatory. 
That should shock you. This is C.S. Lewis defending purgatory. Here's what he says. He says, our souls demand purgatory, don't they? You're like, nope, sure don't. <laughs> but he says, would it not break the heart? Would it not break your heart if God said to you, yes, it is true, my son or my daughter, that your breath smells and your rags drip with mud and slime, but we are charitable here. And no one will upbraid you with these things, nor draw away from you. Come, enter into the joy of heaven. If you went to heaven and you were surrounded by saints and martyrs and people who gave their lives for Christ and fought noble fights that were hard for chastity and justice and forgiveness, and you never did any of those things, you would feel like you didn't belong. You would look around heaven and say, I do not belong here. So Lewis continues, shouldn't we reply to God with submission, Lord, and if there is no objection, I would rather be cleansed first. And God says, it may hurt you, no, and you and I would say, even so. Brothers and sisters, God's mercy, as Paul says in Romans 2.4, is meant to lead you to repentance. You can't earn his forgiveness, right? Jesus, you forgave me. You loved me. Your mercy endures forever. And I can't do anything to deserve that. But his mercy doesn't stop there. It goes further. Because I am not just a sinner who has his sins forgiven. I am a sinner whose, whose mercy, the mercy of God, transforms into a saint. God's mercy works with his justice. Justice sets the world right. Brothers and sisters, the mercy of God leads you and I to become who we're supposed to be. And whether it's here on earth, and I encourage you, here on earth, God's mercy, it's real, but it will transform you. It has to. And if it doesn't happen here on earth, in purgatory, God will finish that work so that when you're in heaven, your righteousness is not fake it's not a mask that you didn't somehow really have. It's real. God's mercy will make you so that you belong in heaven and that your righteousness runs through and through. So brothers and sisters, wherever you're at in life today, there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. But the mercy of God goes even further, right? You and I, through the love of Christ, through his blood, through his spirit, through his mercy, we are both forgiven and we become transformed to be the men and women we're called to be. <laughs> so today is Easter, after Mass. Kiddos, tell your parents you deserve gelato today because Jesus is risen from the dead. My brothers and sisters, 
Give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. 